Hello and welcome to another episode of the DigiTalks podcast. Now you may have noticed that I sound a little bit different today and that is because I am not Natalie. I am in fact Cassandra and today I have Natalie in the hot seat. Now she has been interviewing us amazing marketers for many months now. So we thought it was time to shine the light on Natalie and everything she has to offer us. This is very uncomfortable. I thought that I'd feel a lot more comfortable in this position, but hey, I'm here for it. It's been so much fun um, having everyone here and it's kind of nervous what Cass is going to ask me, but like, let's just roll. Oh (laughs) yeah. Well, you know me, I'm all about pushing people outside their comfort zone. So uh, yeah. That's why I have a wine. So buckle up. (laughs) All right. Now I want to start by getting into the nitty gritty of what it is you actually do. I want to ask you, Mm. give me your elevator pitch. (laughs) If we were stuck in an elevator right now, tell me what you do. This is really funny because I probably shouldn't admit to this, but I don't really think I have an elevator pitch. All right, you're ready. Too many words. <laughs> no, no, but like I don't actually have an elevator pitch. Look, if I have to really like sum it up quickly, it's like we are a storytelling business. We create stories and tell stories through different mediums depending on a brand. Obviously, social media is our driving force. But at the end of the day, if that's not the right avenue for a business, then that's not what we're going to recommend. That is a great response. I love that. The reason why I ask that question is I feel like marketing and, you know, branding and social media, a lot of people don't exactly know what we do. And absolutely, it is really hard to summarize sometimes in a really short way, what it is exactly we offer. Yeah, A lot of people think that, you know, a brand is just a logo and the same way that it is like posting an Instagram post is that that's, that's your social enough. media. That's enough. But yep. I feel like we really need to sort of like highlight to people exactly what we do. And, you know, it, it is not just a logo and it is not just a pretty picture on Instagram. So I think for you, like how important is strategy and telling that story and and really getting your point across into what you actually do from a business point of view? It's hard. Like 90% of our job is education. And I mean, we've had this conversation on our episode back in season one. Yes. (laughs) Um, But so many other guests as well. You know, I think it's funny when you say the elevator pitch, like you, how do you do an elevator pitch for what we do? Like it's so multifaceted. And I think the expectations of people on marketers is that we can just do absolutely everything. Mm -hmm. But, you know, I think the more the time goes on and the more that I think I get a bit more comfortable and I get a bit more confident. I get more clear on what we do and why we do it. And I think, you know, as a marketer, knowing what lane you're in. Mm -hmm. And again, this is something that I've had with a conversation I've had with multiple people. You know, we all do lots and lots and lots of things. But what do we do really well? Mm -hmm. And I think that's where the strategy comes into it. So, you know, if if a client comes to me and I know the best outcome for them and the best thing for them is going to be a Google ad campaign, I'm going to recommend them to a specialist. Mm -hmm. I'm not going to take that work because that's not right for me. No, and you said it so well. I think a lot of people try and do too many things and try and be too many things. And yeah, like it comes with being, you know, sometimes in an integrated agency. Like I work for an integrated agency and we have those people that are on the ground that are able to do all those services. But if someone comes to us and and is like, oh, we, we want to do SEO or we want to do organic social, we know that we're ne- not necessarily the best place to do that. Sometimes we do do it as an extension because we do have those capabilities and those skills. But if they're, you know, looking for just that as a service, then, you know, let's go seek 
somebody else that that can actually offer you that service Absolutely. to the best of their ability because they're set up as a business to do those things. Correct. And I'm glad you talk about that being an extension of it. You know, it's, it's like for us, yeah. social media and content is the core of what we do. Everything else is an extension. Yeah. You know, I don't believe that without a strong brand mm-hmm. that knows who they are, what they are, who they're talking to, and content that supports that, you can even start looking at anything else. And that's where a lot of people get lost. You know, I was even talking to a friend the other day. Social media has almost made people think that we don't need to have a brand because we can just post on socials. That's not enough anymore. No, it absolutely is not. And it's it's actually funny. I was having this conversation with somebody the other day. They they reached out to me and were like, oh, I, I've got a product and, I'm, and I really want your help. Like, I don't know where to start with the marketing. And I was like, okay, cool. Let's have a conversation. Um, and they're like, yeah, I don't know how to do Instagram. Like, how do I do Instagram? And I was like, oh, okay, wait, wait. Well, we, need to, we need to take 10 steps back. Like, do you have a product? Um, do you have a logo? Do you have... Do you know who you are? Do you know how you want to communicate to your people? Do you have a tone of voice? Like, do you have a font? Like, do you have all these things in your toolkit that make up your brand first in order to then worry about social media? You're like 10 steps backwards. You need to start with your brand. You need to start with your story. And then everything else follows. Social media is a tool. It's a marketing tool. It's not the... It's not your marketing strategy. Exactly right. And I think whilst it is a really effective strategy for a lot of businesses, naturally it depends. But if you don't have that foundation, you've got nothing to work from. Yeah. You're just going to be confused. Yeah. I guess, well, going on on that, like when somebody comes to you for a social media strategy or a social media post, you know, I'm sure you get that a lot. Um, Tell, talk us through your process at Digital. So for those that don't know as well, if you're just li- tuning into this podcast... Nat, because actually, Cassie D is so popular and everyone wants to listen to our episodes. No, no. Listen to episode two of season one. <laughs> yes, subtle plug. Um, for those that don't know, Nat actually owns a social media marketing agency. So this is her bread and butter. And um, I feel like it'd be really interesting for people to hear from you in terms of how you actually approach when, when a client comes to you how do you actually approach? It's a lot of questions. Yeah. Because um, again, like I said, you know, a lot of it is education and really getting the client to understand what we do because I think maybe it's an Adelaide thing and, you know, I think this is why this podcast process has been so interesting for me to kind of understand that everyone kind of agrees. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, you know, we are not a digital marketing agency. Yeah. We, like I said before, SEO and ads and stuff, that's, that's all an extension of what we do. Yes, mm-hmm. we can do it if, if we've got the other things right, but it comes down to the client and the client's needs. So client comes to us, we have a look at what they've already got there. We ask some really, I think, challenging questions. And the reason I purposely make sure they're a little bit difficult is because if you can't answer them, we need to go back 10 steps, exactly like mm-hmm. you just said. So for a lot of people, if you don't have that fundamental, I'm going to say to you, we need to go back to brand. We need to get all the the foundation right. Then we can build upon that. Mm -hmm. It is hard because a lot of people go, oh, well, you know, I just, I just want a social media strategy. Okay. But we can't do a social media strategy if we don't know who you are. And I think this is where perhaps the, um, the speed of social media has made people feel like they're constantly chasing. Mm-hmm. We just have to get it up now. We've got to do it now. Mm-hmm. Well, no, you're actually better off doing the groundwork because we need something that's going to last. Yeah. You know, I don't want I don't want clients posting things that we look back on in three months' time and go, ugh, that wasn't cool. 
Well, absolutely. And that's why you have, have that strategy. You, you, everything you do goes back to your brand and your core pillars, right? Mm-hmm. So, you know, even though you have, you have your brand pillars, and that is an extension to then of your content strategy as well. And you need to make sure that, you know, if your brand pillars are entertainment and lifestyle and, um, you know, funny videos, like then... Everything aligns. Everything aligns. Everything has to come back to those yeah. pillars. And I think the thing is, and again, some conversation I was having with the team internally last week, you know, your brand strategy, that doesn't change. Your place in the market, you're who you are. That's, mm-hmm. That is for life, right? Your social strategy... That is ever changing. Mm-hmm. And it's the reason this conversation came up was because um, a client actually asked for a copy of our internal social strategy. And I said, no. And the client wasn't very happy with that. And I said, the reason we don't provide it is because this is not a Bible. Mm-hmm. We change this every Absolutely. single month because we, I'm not a mind reader. I can't predict the future. I might have thought in the beginning that, yeah, funny videos are where it's at for your brand. And then I'm realizing, well, actually, no. They appreciate the behind the scenes and the factory or whatever it might be. We need to pivot. Mm-hmm. So I think that if you don't have that brand strategy, you're doing yourself a disservice. Yeah, absolutely. And so then, like, how do you pivot then? How do you make informed decisions around pivoting? Data. Mm-hmm. Have to use the data. And the thing is, there is so much out there. Ironically, you also do have to trust your gut sometimes as well. And you have to kind of step back and go, is the customer, is our ideal customer liking what they're seeing? For us, a big, a really big thing is looking at things objectively, which is really fucking hard in marketing, right? Like it's so much easier to say, so much easier said than done. A lot of clients will be too close to their brand. And I think that is the perk of working with an agency. Mm-hmm. But sometimes you even need to get a set fresh of a fresh set of eyes internally. Yes. Um, because we can be too close. But for us, I look at how everything correlates. So for me, you know, whilst we might report every month and go, this post was the highest performing in terms of engagement, I then cross-reference that with Google Analytics and see what day do we have the most website traffic? Mm-hmm. What got posted on that day? Or what, what activity took place on that day? And what's really funny is sometimes it's that educational post. Yeah. And people go, they look at the Instagram insights and go, oh, no one liked it. We, let's just scrap that. Let's mm-hmm. not do that anymore. And you go, well, actually... We had five inquiries that day. Yeah, yeah. That was, and this is where the customer journey comes into play. Mm-hmm. That was that was what it took for that person to go, geez, that business knows what they're talking about. I'm going to inquire now. Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and that's what, you know, social media is at the end of the day, is that social proof. So exactly. people, you know, if they're, they're on your website, they're looking at considering you for, you know, your services. Mm-hmm. But then they're like, okay, well, you know, maybe I'll go look on Instagram or maybe I'll go look on Facebook or maybe I'll ask around and see. Validates, you know, it it, it absolutely validates it. And I don't know about you, but I search everything on Instagram now. So 100%. (laughs) Everyone does. What's Google? (laughs) Well, you know, what's funny, I found a statistic the other day and it was like our generation, more people go to Instagram as opposed to Google because we want that visual. So if your Instagram isn't, isn't a highlight reel, Mm -hmm. the best of the best and really Mm -hmm. sums up who you are, what you do, why you do it then people will go elsewhere. Yeah, absolutely. It's Just need, it needs to tell your story and needs to really make help people make that informed decision as well. So mm-hmm. the depths of social media. I know, right? And how much it's evolved. You know, I think I look back to, gosh, when we were working in socials mm-hmm. going on six, seven years now, it's just, it's another, it's another landscape. Yeah, it absolutely is. I was actually reading a 
Lady Graham did a um, report today. Yes, I saw that creator rate. Yeah. And I was like, oh, this is juicy. Everything that I want to know right now about how much people are charging um, as content creators these days. There's no benchmark. There's absolutely no benchmark. It was, you know, for a one reel, like, if, if you're a macro influencer, they were charging upwards of $7,000. Like. Okay, but the thing is, the thing that gets me with that is one reel. What does that reel look like? Absolutely. Like how long is a piece of string? There are so many different variables. Mm-hmm. Was it professionally filmed? What was the edit like? Yes. What was the lighting like? Yeah. Was, it on, was it in studio? Was it on location? Like, come on. Yeah, and I think like that was that was interesting as well because the other stat that came out of that was the content creators want full control now. They don't want the briefs and they don't want us to I inform us. I that was interesting. Yeah, so I, I think, you know, the, the whole landscape is just constantly evolving and changing and, and I feel like, you know, unless you have your finger on the pulse and you're sort of in the game and, you know, knowing what you're doing in, in that space, like, it's just, it's, it's just hard crazy. to keep up. Yeah, it's hard to but, keep up. But, you know, I think that's another thing that's been really, really consistent with so many um, guests that we've had on the podcast, particularly agency owners. Mm-hmm. A lot of them are still very on the tools. Yeah. And the reason they do that is because otherwise, how can you make recommendations? Absolutely. It's like, it's like the uni degrees and having curriculums about social media when it hasn't been touched in five years. Mm-hmm. Sorry, but that screenshot of Facebook is very outdated. <laughs> Absolutely. And I think, yeah, you, you have to have your, you have to have the know-how of, you know, all the different areas. Like, Again, it comes back to our conversation about not being an expert in every single area, but understanding and having that solid foundation in all the areas as well. Episode two, season one. <laughs> For those playing at home. <laughs> I love that. Um, so, Natalie, I'm really curious, and I'm sure so many people are listening at home as well, how you started your business. Like, let's take a step back in time and oh. talk us through where the idea came from, what it took to start the business, where, yeah, tell, give us all the juicy goss. You know, it's really funny. I, I think it was 2018 and I remember I just made a passing comment one day and I said, you know, if I ever had an agency, I'd call it Digitail. <laughs> and anyone who knows me knows I'm lame and I'm cheesy and that just aligns with me so well. So I registered the name. And never really did anything with it. And then whilst I was at RiderWare, I realized my, my time was done. I, had, I wasn't really learning from anyone. I'd kind of outgrown the role. You know, obviously you and I worked there together for quite some time. And after my mum passing, I knew I needed a little bit of a break just to realign, recenter. I finished up. And within, I think it was a week, I was getting messages on LinkedIn being like, hey, like, what's your next move? Like, where are you going? And I was like, look, I'm just taking some time. Oh, cool. So you're free for consulting. I was like, okay, hadn't thought of that, but yeah, yeah sure, <laughs> let's do it. Um, and then within a month, I had 10 clients. Yeah, wow. And I realized, oh shit, better actually start trading under Digital. So that's when I kind of actually invested in the brand, um, got all of that framework locked in and, you know, 2020 rolled around. That was fun, but it sounds bad, but 2020 was a great year for us. Mm-hmm. Um, we, a lot of people at that point in time went, shit, we need to be online. Now, again, it was a lot of those people that didn't even have any of those fundamentals. Mm. Um, In hindsight, upon reflection, you know, should have probably slowed down with a few of them and gone, hey, we need to rewind. But there was a timeliness to what we were doing at that point in time. So it did grow very quickly in that sense. Um, And then we kind of took a step back and realigned coming into 2021, 
2022 and four years in November. Wow. I can't, you know, it's really funny and you're probably going to kill me for telling this story, but I think I remember the day that you told me what the name of your business was. I think was. you wet yourself. I think No, I think you were like, I had this toilet thought or it was a shower thought. One Most of, the of them are toilet thoughts. Yeah. They I are my best ideas. When I have a business, I'm going to call it Digital. And I was like... It's like, if has anyone watched um, with Grace, <laughs> just Jack. <laughs> like, and you've got to have the hand motion with it. You know, it gives it extra gusto. And I was like, oh, I love that. I like that. And, you know, here we are four years later, which is just so crazy to think um, of your amazing success and, and the growth that you've had, which is credit to you. Um, and your tenacity to just not give up and keep going and just really like put your all into something as well. Thank you. Um, and I think like, you know, for those playing at home as well, I'm sure that there's so many people out there with maybe side hustles or, you know, something that they really, in the back of their head, that they really want to go out and, and you know, start their own business or whatever it is. Yeah. What's the biggest advice that you would give? And, and yeah. Tell us. Tell us your secrets. It, look, I don't have any like se- groundbreaking secrets, let me tell you. Um, I think there's two things. Someone else also said this, I'm awful for not remembering, but you know the old saying, you know, you work a day in your life, you, what is it? You work a job you love, you never work a day in your life. Yes. Bullshit. Your job doesn't have to be your everything. Mm-hmm. Obviously, that needs to fill your cup in a certain way, but I think you can have a passion on the side that's not necessarily monetary. Mm-hmm. Now, if you're in a position where you are working full-time but you hate it and you are building something on the side that might be monetary, I'm sorry, but I actually don't have any good advice for that because that would be really, really challenging. Mm. Uh, there is no right time to take the leap. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think Jordi and Corey mentioned this from Vacay Swimwear, you know, one day they just went, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. There is no right time. Yeah. But you need to be prepared that there are going to be ebbs and flows. Mm-hmm. And the first... The first two years is hard. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's still hard four years in, but you you reflect and you go, it's not hard like it was two years ago. Yeah. And I think as well, a business, particularly in Adelaide, they say if you can last here, you can last anywhere. I, I have heard that saying. It's like everyone comes to Adelaide to start their yeah. uh, businesses because, yeah, if you, if you can make it work here, you can make it work anywhere well, in the world. Funnily enough as well, there's a lot of work here. So much. You think you think about how many marketing agencies mm-hmm. there are or how many like amazing e-commerce businesses there are here. Yeah. We don't really come up against each other. Like I feel like right. there's lots of, there's enough work for everyone. Yeah. And, you know, funnel, funny I say that because even when I was in real estate, I remember there's a lot of houses to sell. <laughs> I didn't come up against many people. It yeah. was everyone kind of just do your own thing and do a really good job. Mm-hmm. Don't worry about everyone. I think one of the biggest things... I mean, it's not really advice for someone wanting to start up their own business, but don't worry about competitors. Competitor obsession actually ruins your productivity and it ruins Mm -hmm. your creativity. Absolutely. No, I couldn't agree more. And I I think that is advice for people because a lot of people, you know, wanting to start a business, whether it's, you know, a client client service business or, you know, a product or or whatever it is, a lot of people are like, well, why should I do it? There's already this out there. There's already that out there. So it is good advice. It's like, don't worry about what other people are doing and just focus on what What do do you want to do and reigniting that passion as well. And I think that what you said was really interesting around having a side hustle and wanting to make money off of it. I think that is probably the biggest challenge of, um, you know, people because when a side hustle becomes 
something that you make money off of, how do you sort of navigate that that process of, okay, well, I just did this because it was my passion, but now I don't really want to do it anymore because I'm making money off of it. And it, it's, it loses that you know beautiful value and the intent that you had behind it as well. But that comes down to your purpose yeah. and knowing. So I think if you never intended for it to make money and the money is actually almost ruining mm. the joy, then fuck it off. Yeah, true. And the biggest thing that I've learned as well is everyone has different drivers. Mm-hmm. What drives me, what drives you, what drives wonderful Nick, it's all different. So I might be driven by freedom. Mm-hmm. You might be driven by money. Understanding, again, why you're doing something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What is your why? You know, this is something that I have thought about a lot lately. I've recently launched The Social Club which is all about bringing together people who work in social media. And Mm -hmm. I think, you know, I've been working with an amazing business coach since day one. Um, It's been an investment, but it has been the best thing I've ever done. And she asked me every single time, what's your why? Mm -hmm. What's your purpose? What's your mission? And I think as time has gone on, I'm really clear about its community. It's bringing Mm -hmm. like-minded people together. It's making a safe space for creatives to feel supported, to feel like we're all leveling each other up, that we are all working towards the same thing. And I think Mm -hmm. that's been a really big driver of even creating the podcast. Um, I had a lot of people in the beginning be like, why would you get competitors on? Why not? Yeah, absolutely not. Again, comes back to we're not competitors. Community over competition. It's, you know, we're all, we're all here. Like, yeah, we we may service the same clients or service the same industries, but we're all in our own lanes doing what we do best. And the more that we focus and hone in on that, the the better that we can be all as a collective. Completely agree. And I think, you know, the, the, the underlying message behind the social club is let's raise the standard. Mm -hmm. There are a lot of cowboys in every industry. And Mm -hmm. I think I've heard it a lot from other guests as well. Agencies that are just designed to churn and burn. Mm -hmm. That is not a sustainable business model, first of all. But also, clients deserve better than that. Absolutely. They don't know what they don't know. So if we're not prioritizing educating them, Mm -hmm. then we're just hurting ourselves. Really? That's kind of where where I look at it. So a big part of that is getting everyone on the same page, making sure that we're all we're all aligned. And I think that's really, really important. But, you know, another thing that I said, um, I actually listened to this episode today, um, when I first had the, the brain fart, as I called it, with Ash, and I said, wouldn't it be cool to have someone who was really fresh or like a graduate, you know, I think about you, graduate marketing coordinator at Bing Boy, right? <laughs> and you could be in the same room at an event with the creative director or social media um, manager at Evo. Yeah. What an opportunity. I know, right? We would have learned so much. Again, I reflect on our time together and, you know, I got worked for one of the biggest tech companies. Like I was at Sweat. Yeah. We, went, we worked at Rideaware. We were still fumbling our way around as well. There are some real leaders in Adelaide. Mm. Let's just get everyone in the same room. Yeah, and, and it, it is really crazy because you, like, sometimes you sort of discredit that as well because you're like, oh, I was that person once Uh and now other people are looking up to me because they see what I do and they see they want to get to that stage as well. Exactly And it's like, how do I become that? How do I sort of nurture myself in order to go on that same journey as you as well? Which is why we're here right now. Yeah, absolutely. Like, I'm 32 this year and I think about 23-year-old me, 24-year-old me getting my first marketing job I had no idea. I had no idea. Yeah. 
Hobie just came to me with this idea and said, what do you reckon? I said, sure. Let's, let's do, do it. it. Yeah. <laughs> and we did it. Um, and again, I think it's about support. Mm-hmm. And I think the more, you know, sorry to steer the conversation, Cass is the host, but the more people that I talk to in the creative space and particularly as social media is so, it's just ingrained in our everyday, mm-hmm. we need to protect ourselves. We need to learn how to use it smarter. Mm-hmm. We need to protect our mental health. Mm-hmm. And as creatives, I think we need to encourage each other to take breaks. Absolutely. We are expected to be on all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And how do you manage that? What What is your work-life balance? Well, actually running a business, running a podcast, and now this amazing social club that you're telling me about. Um, how, what does that work-life balance look for you like for you? I'm not going to lie. The first three years, it didn't exist. Mm. Um, it was very bad at one point. Mm-hmm. However, sometimes you do what you got to do. And it comes down to your why and your end game. If you know what that is, um, and I'm very fortunate that I've built a team around me. Mm-hmm. I have a team of people who think like me, they support me endlessly, and we are all on the same path. So I think that makes a big difference for me to be able to do what I do now. Um, particularly, you know, when we started the podcast, you don't have time for that. What are you doing? And I'm like, but I need it for me. Yeah. It fills my cup. Mm-hmm. I walk out of episodes and I'm just like, that was amazing. I, I learned something. Yeah. And I think that's the beauty of creative industries, of marketing, of whatever you want to call it. It is forever changing. Mm-hmm. There's absolutely. always something that someone's going to say that's just going to stick. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. You just said that you have a team around you. That will, probably would have been a really big step in business to you know, you've come from working for somebody else. Yeah. You've gone to start your own business, which obviously is the first step. And then, you know, you've gone full circle and now you have a team that work for you. How did you go navigating that and knowing, okay, I need to hire somebody and, you know, who do I hire and how much do I pay them and all these All, all these that nobody tells that, you when you that, start a business. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. And, none, and the things that we don't think about as employees, like sometimes we can plead ignorance and, and yeah. you know, we don't think about, oh, wow, like how do they actually pay for all 30 of us to sit in these chairs? And yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad you said that because I, I often um, reflect, I remember being a kid or like, you know, a teenager and driving past shop fronts and being like, how do they pay for that? It's empty. No one goes in there. You've got five staff sitting around. I even think about when I worked in retail. I'm like, we literally like haven't even broke even today and you're paying me to stand here and listen to Frank Ocean, but cool, fun times. There are a lot of things you don't think about. As they say, and again, a few people have said this too, you have to take the leap to hire people before you think you're ready. Mm -hmm. There is no right time. A lot of people go, you know, I've got to make a certain amount of money before it's justifiable, but you don't realize the scope that it gives you when you do put that person on. So whilst it's a slow might be a short-term bit of pain. The long-term progress from that is is infinite. Mm -hmm. So for me, I tested the waters initially with contractors and that worked really, really well for me just to understand workload, Mm -hmm. to understand, um, I guess, where the opportunities were and managing a team. I'd never managed a team of that size before. You know, I think at one point, the most reports I had was two. Yeah. That was you go from two to seven. It's, it's a big difference. Mm-hmm. So um, for me, it definitely was a matter of going through my, my day. And every time I would do something that I'd go, actually, do I need to be doing that? I'd write it down. Mm-hmm. 
And that's kind of how I built out everyone's job descriptions. And it's kind of just flown flown from there because I need to think, where is my time best spent? Mm -hmm. My time is best spent sitting with my team and helping them to grow. Yeah, I love that. And do you feel that that helps you let go of control? Because I'm sure you can relate. We've all worked for business owners because that that sort of don't know how to let go of control of certain things. Mm. Um, and I know that's obviously challenging. I can't relate. I'm not a business owner, but maybe you can shed some light on what that is like. It's not easy, yeah. uh, especially when it's your name on something. Yeah. You know, the, the business grew because of my personal network, yeah. um, because of my reputation, because of the work that I was doing. Mm-hmm. When you entrust someone to do that work mm. for you, it's a risk. But again, I also think there's a lot to be said in letting people give it a go. Mm-hmm. And if you don't give them a go, they're never going to learn. Yeah. Absolutely. And what's the worst that happens? We need to rework it. Mm-hmm. But cool, we can do it together. Yeah, absolutely. Love that. Well said. Oh, thanks. <laughs> and what about leadership? Because I feel a lot of entrepreneurs don't know how to lead. I hate the word entrepreneur and you know that. Okay. <laughs> No, put that in. (laughs) Let's go back. No, I love that. I'm happy to say that. The reason I hate that word (laughs) is because I think it's a little bit wanky. Yeah, it is. And I think not everyone who starts a business starts a business with the intention of being an entrepreneur. Mm -hmm. It's not entrepreneurship. It's, hey, I just want to do what I I really enjoy and I want to be able to help people in their businesses. Yeah. And let's just have a bit of fun doing it. Mm-hmm. We don't need to label it something like entrepreneurship. Okay, business owner, Natalie. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I think it's just, yeah, when you're on the other side, like I remember even, you know, even working with, with um, at Sweat and Ride Aware and I looked at Dove and um, Toby were described as entrepreneurs and I respected that. Mm-hmm. I had a lot of respect for that and I would 100% put them in that. Yeah. Maybe it's imposter syndrome. I don't know, but I don't think I should be labeled an entrepreneur. I don't. I don't look at myself like that. I look at my. I look at myself as I'm a creative, and I'm in a fortunate position where I've been able to build a business. Yeah, and, and off of that, that, that comes back to your elevator pitch, your personal brand. Let me catch you out on that. When you said elevator pitch, you didn't say if it was personal brand or the business. Okay. Well, I feel like you've given us both today. Okay. So. Well, <laughs> take it as you will. Give, give, give us your personal brand elevator pitch. Oh, I don't, I'm not rehearsed for this. Oh, well, that's, that's why I'm putting you on the spot. Well, Amy Springhall says, episode one, season three, about, you know, your LinkedIn, for example. Mm. It's a virtual networking event. So let's say you're at an event and you've got one person on your left who is giving you their elevator pitch. Mm-hmm. And then you've got one person on your right who is telling you about a really interesting podcast they listened to or read a really interesting article or went to an event where they met someone really interesting in, in the industry. Who are you more inclined to talk to? Give me the person on the right any day of the week. Mm-hmm. I don't want to hear how amazing you are. Yeah, that, that, that is very true. I, and I think like it comes Credit down... Credit to Amy. I did, that was not my... No, no, no. I think it is very true because I feel like LinkedIn is a very powerful networking tool. Um, And I equally think that, you know, why shouldn't you have a personal brand and why shouldn't you put yourself out there? And it's not to do any, it's not anything to do with like, you know, tooting your own horn or anything like that. Well, actually you should toot your own horn because you're amazing. Um, But I think it's really important just as we promote 
a business should have a brand. Agreed. You should have a brand too. And that should really reflect who you are as a person in everything that you yes, do in life. Not, not just only what just what you do at your work. You are not your work. Mm. You are a human being. You know, I go on about that a lot. But um, yeah, I think it's really important to make sure that you have values and you are true to yourself in everything that you do and making sure that you are putting yourself out there in that sense as well. So yeah. it's like, what do you stand for? Are you involved in a charity? Mm-hmm. What did you like, you know, are you juggling mum life and running a business? Like yep. people want to know you. Yep. And I think that's another challenge that comes with running a business as well, you know, and I did have this conversation with um, Gabby, owns Go Beyond Marketing. When you grow a team and people still want you. Yeah. Now, I'm not saying that I'm not hands-on with my clients because I absolutely am. Mm-hmm. However, I trust my team. Yeah. And in order to grow and in order to continue to offer the level of service that we do... I need to let them rule the roost. And then I'm an escalation point. Yeah. But I still, I'm still very hands-on still and very involved. Yeah. yeah. And I think, you know, I was actually having this conversation with a client the other day because they are at a point in their business where they have amazing people in their business. And they were comparing um, their business to Simple as well. And, you know, we've got amazing people. We've got integrated capabilities. Um, and we've got all these people doing amazing things. but you know, our website doesn't showcase all those people. And we were like, yes, that's why at Simple, we now have all our capabilities on our website. We have all our team on there. We have all our team in our proposals that are a part of the the process because, you know, you never know who has worked with somebody in the past, like 10 years ago or five years ago or even one year ago. It's Adelaide. Yeah. And, you know, they could, even though they come to you because they want Natalie to service you, they might actually come to you because Cassandra um, did an amazing social media marketing strategy for them two years ago. And they heard that she was now working at Simple and seeing the great work that Simple are doing and they want to be like, okay, well, I want to actually come to Simple because I want to be serviced by Cassandra. So it is really important to make sure that, you know, you are trusting your team and knowing that, you know, you have the right people in the right seats as well, but also highlighting their amazing capabilities too. Could not agree more. Could not agree more. So... I was listening to a podcast recently. It's probably a podcast that I listen to quite often. Yeah. And they always, at the end of the podcast, they always leave a a question for their future guest. Oh, I love this. Yes. Okay. So I feel like you should create a question for your future guest, but also answer the question. Okay. All right. Noted. What would your question be for the next guest on your... Well, this is... the, The hard thing is because I obviously don't release them in order necessarily. Um, I'm a little bit curated in my schedule. Um, well, I do, we've got all our secrets now. Yeah, I know. So, I mean, Nick and I did talk about this in season three. <laughs> <laughs> Was it season three? Season two. Um, you know, one thing that I have asked a few people, which is actually kind of reminds me of you, is what would you tell like little you? Oh, I love like, that. Like what words would you give for little you? And I must admit, it's been... It's been really nice. Mm. So maybe let's roll with that. What would you get, tell you, little you? Oh, don't tell my therapist. Um, cut that. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> absolutely not, girl. Own that you have a therapist because I do, a therapist is absolutely normal and we should normalize that. Normalize it. Um, what would I tell little me? I would tell little me that you are enough. Yes. I literally had that same answer. I got asked that question at an International Women's Day event that we hosted recently. And I had that exact answer. 
I think it's very easy to always feel like you have to be more and you have to change who you are to suit mm-hmm. the people you're around. And I, mm-hmm. and I understand that naturally as humans, we... Actually, what was I watching? Mindhunter. So good. If you're into like true crime and stuff, watch it. And one of the girls, she's reading a study about how our behavior makes other people uncomfortable. So as humans, we adapt to make everyone else feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Isn't that interesting? So we can make ourselves deeply miserable. Yep, squash ourselves. Yep, to make everyone else happy. Mm-hmm. So I think recognizing that you're not going to be everyone's cup of tea and that is totally fine. Mm-hmm. If I knew that when I was younger, I think my life would be very different. But I also think that the journey to learning that is half of it. Absolutely beautiful. And I'm still learning. We're all still learning. All are. Yeah. And I think like, you know, as you said, you know, it's, it's, it comes down to just knowing that you're enough as you are, like just by being. Yeah. You know, I think we're in this society where we're constantly doing and we're constantly striving. Mm-hmm. And we're constantly trying to keep up more. with people and uh, and society and whatnot. And it's just like, well, no, just coming back to that, you know, that little you, you know, you are enough just by being you and you'll get to everything that you want to do and you'll get to where you want to be just by being you. hundred percent. And it's that old saying too, you know, don't look how far you've got to go, look mm-hmm. how far you've come. Yeah. And the, one of the best pieces of advice I got, I think it would have been th- three years ago, it'd been 2020. And it was put a diary reminder in your calendar a year from today mm-hmm. and note exactly how you're feeling today, yeah. what you're struggling with, what how you're feeling, and then look back at that mm-hmm. and realize how far you've come. Mm-hmm. And it is the most humbling thing to do because you go, shit, I thought things were bad then. I yeah. feel pretty good right now. Yeah. Like, it just brings you back a peg a little bit. Mm-hmm. And I think it's so easy to go, what's next? More, more. Particularly when we are consuming social media mm-hmm. at every every waking moment. You are enough. Yeah. You're good on your own. And I think, you know, another thing when it comes to running a business, it's, I mean, you can vouch for this. I don't sit still. I really, and in the beginning. Hey, Nat, why don't you just sit and journal for a second? Because I've got work to do. (laughs) And this is the problem. I felt, it's that guilt. Mm -hmm. You know, I felt if I wasn't working every free minute that I got, that I'm lazy. Mm. And that was a really, really difficult thing to move away from and I'm still working through it Mm. but Oprah once said that if she doesn't get a free day on her eighth day you talked you talked about this in my podcast it's the best thing I ever heard yeah honestly it was the best thing I ever heard because if Oprah can do it I can do it and she's (laughs) a queen so you need to fill your own cup and I know that you tell me that all the time and I do listen to you I promise but two years too late. Yeah, I know, right? And the rest. Um, but it's very easy to fall in the trap of just doing, doing, doing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, but, you know, I, I say that very lightly because we're friends. So I, I can say that. But, you know, <laughs> it, it is a journey. It is a journey. And, and you know, someone might may say something to you two years ago and it may, you may, the apple might drop. Totally. Yeah. Three years later. You're like, I remember that time. And I remember that, that time <laughs> that somebody said to me, you should journal or you should just yeah. sit down for a second. Because the time might not be right then. Exactly right. You and find things when it's you right need you. them most and when, when it's right for you. And like, I, you know, I can vouch for that too because I am in that 
mindfulness space and I sort of do a lot in that space all the time. A few years ago, I really wanted to practice yoga, but I hated it. Like I hated every second of, I don't know. I just, I couldn't do the moves. I couldn't, I just hated all of it. And now I was like, okay, I need to try yoga again. I really am feeling called to doing yoga. And I love it. It's a part of my weekly practice because I'm ready for it now. And I'm ready to actually embrace it all for what it is. So yeah, you find things when you're ready for them and don't don't beat yourself up because um, someone told you to do something, but it's all a journey. And, and You know what though? I think going back to that point, I think it was that whole entrepreneurial thing that I was like, hustle, 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 mm-hmm. like hustle culture, which yeah. I hate. I think is toxic. Maybe that's why I hate the word entrepreneur. Maybe that's why. And, and got PTSD. Okay, well, it comes back down to the answer to the question is that you are enough just by being so... Don't, I love it. Don't need to um, be anything Anymore. other than that. Love it. Well, thank you, Natalie. It has been amazing hearing from you. And I am so excited for this episode to go out and, you know, reach so many people. Thank you so much for sharing everything with me and having me host you today. It's so fun having someone else in the chair. <laughs> I've had a great time. <laughs> I reckon that Cass is pretty good at this. Um, as always, you can join our Facebook group, Digital Talks Series. I would love to know who uh, prefers Cass's voice to mine. <laughs> Please don't say yes. (laughs) No, we are both enough just as we are. (laughs) Until next time. Thank you so much, Cass. Thank you.